Hola, y'all, and welcome back to yet another episode of Wicked Huercas. I'm Cece, your co-host, and... I'm Dulce. Sarcastic response. Dulce, sarcastic response. Dulce, I've got a little story for you today. You ready to hear it? Yes, I'm scared. So in middle school, I we rode bus six, as we have talked in our past episodes, like our Lillian episode. And one time I sat beside this girl who I didn't know because she was a high schooler. And I sat beside her uh, and she was really nice and super friendly. And she had a binder and on her binder, she had all these people that looked famous. And she said, oh, you like her? And I was like, I don't know who that is. And she's like, what? Do you like her? And I'm like, I don't know who that is. And she was like, what? Do you like him? I don't know who that is. Wait, you don't know who Sierra and Beyonce are? No. Okay, you knew who they were. We did not watch the Check On It music video on a loop until it hit for you not know who the Beyonce was. I ingrained that music video in my brain. So this was sixth grade when I was yeah. in sixth grade. I did not. I don't. I'm pretty sure I did not know those songs in sixth grade. Hold on a second. What year did Check on It come out? I refuse to believe. Sessy, I knew who these people were. 2005. Well, wait, maybe. Yeah, 2005, which means I was four years old. Add six years to that. You were 10. That was before middle school. 2005? I swear this happened. I didn't know who they were. This must have happened at an earlier time and you're associating it with your middle school days. No, I think you're mixing up the timelines. Okay, then I'll, I'll change it to elementary for this. For okay, me. because okay. Check On It was such an instrumental part of my upbringing. Without that music video, I don't think I would be the person that I am today, personally. Also, we did not have now 17, 19, 23, and 25 for you to be saying, and 28. Maybe and I didn't know what they looked like. I refuse to believe this. Or maybe I just watched a lot more Tell It Hit than you did. Because I used to watch these music videos on a literal loop. Yeah, I mean, we used to watch... Are you... Do you have face blindness? Be honest. Do you know who I am? Can you see <laughs> me right now? Do you recognize <laughs> who I am? I swear this happened. Then this might have been in elementary school. And I don't know how to tell time. Anyways, I didn't know who these people were. And the girl that I was talking to was black. And she was one of the only black people in the whole... That I knew, literally, that I had ever met. Isn't that crazy? And she was one of the only black people that rode the bus. And to be honest, one of the only black people in school. And as you know, Dulce, we went to a school and lived in a town with little, I mean, we could almost count at least in my grade and grades above me and below me, you could count how many black people were, you know, in school. So that was an embarrassing moment. And she was shocked that I didn't know these people. And it wasn't until a little bit down the road that I got to know. <laughs> so embarrassing. Sierra and Beyonce and what was popular, including Check On It by Beyonce. Iconic. I don't, I think there are plot holes in this story because the iconic Shakira Beyonce collab that was it that was in elementary school I think there's no way that came out when you were in high school that came out in 2006 don't try to play with me that did not come out when you were not in high school in 2006 I was what? in middle school I was in seventh grade this story was from sixth grade listen when did irreplaceable come out because I also remember 
that being a crucial part of our upbringing. Literally, I'm so disappointed in you. I don't think I've ever been so disappointed with you. I think I- I'm ready to disown you. Listen, this is my imagination, whatever. You know, they say there is such thing as a false memory. Irreplaceable came out. So Kids Pop did a cover of it in 2007. Oh, it came out in 2006. Then this must have been in elementary school. I swear this happened. I didn't know okay. these people. And, and you know, it wasn't until it wasn't until maybe a little late later in elementary school when we started watching Telehit. For me, at least. it's We weren't watching Telehit in third grade. I'll tell you that. I was well, watching for, it young. Okay. But very, not, very young. I'm My first about, memory young. I'm also six years older than you, Dulce. I was not watching it in third grade. I can tell you the earliest we started watching it was about fifth grade. I also forget that we are part of different timelines. We are part of different timelines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm six years older than you. Yeah. I was literally five. <laughs> and I was like, check on a music video. Beyonce, Ciara. Yeah, I think it was fifth grade was when we started really learning these songs. I remember watching Tambourine by Eve and grandma being like, why are you watching a naked woman? Because she's like laying or whatever in her underwear or something or in a bikini or something. I remember watching the video of, remember, was it Cassie? Me and you. Me and you, iconic. Iconic and like wanting to dance like her. And that's really whenever we started listening to music that either wasn't white people or wasn't you know latino people so i wanted to talk about that because i realized that we talk a lot about taylor swift and a lot about white artists why do you think obviously where we were raised right right i also think i think this story would again different time periods which now that you've said that that now that i've truly realized that we are in different timelines it's it's really starting to mess with me because i was like my whole upbringing I have had this. And then I was like, wait, she was literally almost a decade older than me. Truly. Yes. And now I'm just thinking, ew, you're like a lot older than me. And sometimes I forget that. You're barely 21 and I'm closing inching to 30. I know, but I forget that sometimes because you have <laughs> you have interest of a 21-year-old. It's I not do. that I'm 30-year-old. It's you have interest of a 21-year-old. And you're just like, haha, look at this cultural things. Am I part of the kids now? Even though I don't identify with the kids. Anyways, white artists. Why do they have such a hold on us? It's the indie white girl vibe. How obsessed I was with Hilary Duff, Lindsay Lohan, and Avril Lavigne. I wanted to be Avril Lavigne. I wanted that straight hair. Those are, that's what was popular when we first got here. We had no intro to black culture. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, again, different timelines. As I'm first starting to encounter pop culture, even though it was very minimal outside pop culture, outside of the U.S., my first experience with pop culture, my first memory in 2005, being four years old, is all white women. I've literally written about this in essays. I Like, I literally have turned in college papers about my first memories being, you know, like we said, Hilary Duff. It's Avril Lavigne. You know, seeing Paris Hilton, seeing Avril Lavigne. Stars are blind. Yeah, iconic. Gwen Stefani. uh, Yes. Like, those white blonde woman wearing pink. Yes, white blonde skinny women. With blue eyes, wearing pink is such a huge part of my brain makeup. A hundred percent. I literally, I kid you not, you can talk to any professor I've had in the past. All of my papers that I've turned in have been based around how seeing that in pop culture shaped me in a neither super negative or super positive way. Do you think it was also, like we said, we watched a lot of these not on MTV because we did not, we could not afford the MTV cable 
cable that had MTV. We had Telehit, which we are going to have a whole nother episode about Telehit. But that one is kind of like what Mexican MTV tried to be. I don't know. But they played, they had, they played a lot of English songs. And a lot of them were what was popular during the time, specifically white artists. That literally, I think the only reason why we remember Cassie, Beyonce, and Eve was because, and Sierra, was because they were like the only black artists they would play every now and then Chris Brown. Yeah, which we don't talk about him. In my mind, seeing them was very, was a very big, was a very big thing. Because like we talked about, it was like these type, we've only seen these type of artists and then it's like, whoa. But then again, it was my first exposure to, again, to pop culture. So it was like, whoa, but then also look, okay, she seems different. She's kind of like me. Why am I bopping to check on it once again? Why is me and you a classic? And then, you know, we got more into Beyonce and Irreplaceable. And then she started having, uh, she did a song in English. If I were a boy, I think she did it in Spanish. And we were like, oh my God. She did listen in Spanish. It was called Oye. <laughs> I hate Spanish translations of songs. They're so bad. I could go okay. on forever. But hers were excellent though compare her to other artists who have done who have tried to do that crossover hers have significantly been the best i don't know i don't know how i feel about if i were a boy how it sounds in spanish si yo fuera un chico it just the way she sings it's like it doesn't go but i get what they're trying to do irreplaceable though yeah irreplaceable was better i literally remember the spanish version of irreplaceable sometimes more often than the english version anytime i try to think about these episodes i go into this deep hole of all these songs that I hadn't heard in such a long time. We totally grew up with very different like you know white white women white bands and then I think as we got older slowly but surely we started adding a little more diversity and a little more black artists and I'll be honest with you it wasn't until I mean definitely I can tell you though the only time I was exposed to black artists like in high school for example was rap and I, I was never into rap. In middle school I kind of was huh? No you I was okay because I was going back through our now CDs which I don't have but I looked them up on Spotify because stuff a lot of the and, songs we and, listened to were black artists that did rap or R&B and you know now CDs were probably also our intro into songs that we usually wouldn't know absolutely there are so many songs that I was like uh, like I went back and listened to I was like I can remember like the beginnings like the what like the beginning of Switch by Will Smith or don't remember what the other song is but it just the beginning goes is it's about to be a girl fight <laughs> so ingrained like i can hear i can hear the the first 10 seconds of a song in my brain because we would just skip through them yeah because we didn't know we would go oh goodies by sierra are you kidding me i mean you even think about now 17 we own that one i'm looking at it right now now you 17 talk about how almost let me tell you how almost all of them most of them are black artists but tell me why we skip most of them and end up listening to 1985 by Bowling for Soup. Like that just shows <laughs> what we were used to listening to. Even worse, there's a now CD that we used to skip through. And I remember the last song was Be My Escape by Reliant K. Oh, dear God. Do you remember that? Do I know the whole song? Absolutely. I didn't even know they were a Christian band, but I honestly don't even remember what I listened to in college. I think in college, I started listening to a little more Spanish, Spanish music. And it wasn't until as an adult moving to Memphis that I got more into Black art artists honestly because of where I live 
it's predominantly black city and also because of the deep roots that it has visiting the Stax Museum the deep roots of songs and black artists that have been here with that I started getting more into another zone with black artists that I wouldn't actually listen to which I think is it's crazy like I'm 27 years old so Zulce right. why don't you go ahead and give us the hint of the final song of the episode the song for the week you know what I didn't know what song I was going to pick until this very second now that I'm looking at it. So the hint that I'm going to give you is one word. The word is the secret word is wedding. Uh, let me think about it. Oh, we'll come All up right. with more hints as we go. My getting out of my comfort zone with music. I am known for having the most um, white girl taste in music as we have mentioned on this podcast before I love Lord in high school I literally was in love with Vampire Weekend name something more white than that I loved bleachers or love bleachers and Hiam and every white indie artist you could probably think of ever that it's very much a big part of my identity and then sprinkled in have always been random artist that sings in Spanish random artist that uh, you know sings in Japanese French whatever I and again, weirdly similar to you, it wasn't until like mid high school that I really started listening to black artists, like a lot of black artists, more than I normally would. Because again, middle school, early high school, very emo, you know, I was listening to those white bands and I was listening to the indie white bands. And in high school, I really got into Janelle Monet, which I love. And in college, I started getting into Tyler, the creator, to akin to somebody that we've already talked about in this episode, Solange, who is Beyonce's sister, Obs, Chloe and Hallie. So I kind of started getting into all of these other artists and I was like, holy crap, they have really good music. Why did I give them a chance? One, I really wasn't exposed to them until I started consuming media outside of my typical white people, music, TV shows, uh, movies, because these types of mediums will normally use just white artists to represent their work. They will not post or use artists. For, again, this is a weird timeline from like 2012 to 2016. And that time people weren't using artists of color. And once the election happened, there was like a resurgence of like, we should try to be more inclusive now. Clearly, we did something wrong. We should try to be more inclusive with works. And so I think for our first song is actually, I've got a couple. I'm like, do I want to do Black women with very distinct voices? Because that's a whole subgenre. Do I want to do the song that was so iconic when I started college for some reason? Do I want to do a song that I just listened to last week for the first time ever in my entire life? And I was like, this is such a good song. Do I want to do a classic for my childhood? You know what song I'm gonna choose? I'm gonna choose a song that I've rediscovered. So I listened to the song when we were younger and I rediscovered it when we were in high school and it blew my mind as everyone has, who has ever met me ever. I hate driving with a passion. I have so much driving anxiety, like horrible driving anxiety. And when I put on this song, I swear to God, I was like, I'm I'm in a music video. Let me just pretend that I'm in a music video driving when I'm actually driving. And I'm just going to forget the fact that I'm driving and just pretend that I'm living in an alternate reality where I'm living in a music video. The song is called Fast Car. A classic. By Tracy Chapman. A classic, a if classic. you will. So here is Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. 
Hola yo, sadly, this feature is only available on Spotify. If you're listening to us on any other platform, you can head to Spotify and find us as Wicked Huercas Playlist, where you can find a running mixtape with all the songs from this episode. Wow, thanks Tracy Chapman for creating such an iconic song for me to cry to when I'm driving and then get distracted from the fact that I'm driving and then cry because Anything I Anything to that distract you from the fact that you're doing a very scary activity. It was that you had such a list that you gave me of songs that you wish you would have played, but you just couldn't pick one. And I just want to remind everyone that we have a running playlist of songs that we played on our episodes, songs that we mentioned on our episodes, and also songs that we we wish would have made it to our episodes. You can find that under Wicked Huercas playlist and we will definitely have the link on our Instagram. Dulce, let me tell you, I think this is absolutely ridiculous. We already are barely diving in as we get older, learn more about the Black artist's contribution to music and pop culture in America. Finally, I'm listening to not just white artists, not just the typical Mexican artists, which a lot of the times we're also white. I feel like I'm trucking along in the English department, but in the Spanish department, it's so sad. Tell me, when you think of a black Spanish-speaking singer, who do you think of? Celia Cruz. Cruz, The poor girl always pops up uh, representing for her culture for sure, but that's literally, you look it up, Afro-Latino or black Latin singers or black Spanish singers, and I swear that's the first one that will pop up. Which, I mean, she's doing a great job of it, but... Even in May she rest in um, peace. But yeah, it's either that or like old school salsa songs, which I think are great. One or two reggaeton singers, but it's so hard to find Spanish speaking artists that identify as black that are just out there. So I do want to say, you guys know we love the indie. We love, we're the, we're the pop we girlies. The pop we love girlies. pop. No, we're not the pop girlies. We love, we the, love pop the pop girlies. girlies. Indie. If you know any specifically Spanish speaking black artists or black artists that sing in Spanish in these genres, please send us a voice message. You can do it on our Anchor website or send us a DM on Instagram or leave us a comment somewhere. We want to know more because we don't and we don't want to tell y'all, oh, we love this artist. If we don't even listen to them, especially some that are like black and from Latin America, because a lot of the times, like for example, Miguel, who is African-American and Mexican, I believe, born in California. Perfect example. He's got some great songs and he's sung, you know, some of the, Coco songs from the movie but I I want to know more black artists that are Spanish speaking from Latin America because I wanted to tell you of this artist I looked it up she's Dominican she does identify herself as black found an interview and she was one of the first we didn't grow up with Dominicans where are we going to find Dominicans in rural Tennessee I mean you may but not in our town pretty sure we found her music through Telehit. Do you know who I'm talking about? She sang a really popular summer song. She had it in English and Spanish. Oh, absolutely. Again, those music videos are ingrained in my mind. I was like, this is truly the coolest thing ever. And then during one part of her song, I was like, why is her voice so deep? And then when I got older and I had a deep voice, I was like, wow, I feel represented. I think she's got a YouTube now. She had like 
a few very popular songs. I would say the most popular is uh, Wind Up. She has an English version and she has a Spanish version. I remember the green sleeveless vest with a hood combo with also just the random blue bodysuit, white shorts, wedges moment. I want to play one of her other popular songs that maybe you know it, maybe you don't. Run the show. She has actually, I think she has a Spanish version and an English version. I'm going to play the Spanish version. This is Run the Show by Cat de Luna featuring Don Omar. And we're back. What a jam. We talked about two things that may, we maybe not even realize are major topics. One of them was growing up with media that doesn't look like us, doesn't represent us, and growing up with <laughs> white women, blonde women, skinny women that we, that's all we knew growing up. And then later on, getting more into black culture, black music, and really knowing and understanding these artists and the deep roots that they have in pop culture. And really making sure that even though we're not surrounded by certain people, doesn't mean that we have to pretend that they're not contributing just because you're not surrounded by something. And that it's also, I think, our job to put ourselves, veer out from the typical of what we hear or listen or consume and learn about other people. So those are big topics that I feel like we could talk about forever, but as always, we end up connecting it to music and through our experiences. So let's say you know what time it is. It's time for a grand kid. Not a grand kid roundup. <laughs> close it's time for advice roundup here's advice on how to cope when the media does not represent who you are and how to veer out of your comfort zone in terms of music media and art Advice number one for finding media that doesn't exactly represent you. Tip number one, go to other countries' media, art, music, pop culture, and see what they're offering. If your own culture isn't offering that, see what another country is offering. Because other countries can sometimes be a lot more diverse, or even if it's something regional, like the regional music is not as diverse, look outside of other genres. Explore there. Even though you, it's not something you typically go for, explore. Give new media a chance. Sometimes I listen to the first two seconds of a song, and if I'm automatically not fully into it, I just give up. Actually listen to a song. Actually watch the movie, even if it's it's not something that you usually watch. Give it a chance. You might find out that you find your new favorite movie or new favorite song. Advice number three, if you yourself are a creative person, make the art yourself. If you find that you're not being represented in music, art, culture, become the art music. Wow, I feel like I need to snap for that one. Advice number four, make sure to do two things. One is really research where our current pop culture trends are coming from. Who are the people putting out what's popular? Look at the songs on TikTok. Look at the trends on TikTok. Look at the songs that we're all listening to. Look at the artists and realize that Black 
culture influences a lot, almost all of pop culture and music in the U.S. Really know where does this genre come from? Where does this song come from? You know, is this new song a bit from an older song? And that may include going out of your comfort zone and listening to older music. That I that's actually something that you said is you know learning about samples that new artists use from older black artists or not just even use but steal and you know take advantage of even still today one that was really i didn't realize was a song called real real by a band called sleigh bells now i really liked the song and i started reading more about it and i saw that it was or it was uh, sampled from a song called can you get to that by funkadelic and i listened to that song and i was like holy crap this is so good well why am i just learning about it now so it's a good point that you brought that up advice number five support the established black artists black media black art black creators so that they can make more art and so that if you don't see yourself represented then at least there's a wider audience for them and eventually more artists feel inspired Remind us of the first hint and give us another hint to see if I can guess it before you tell us. The first hint was wedding, which was kind of an abstract word to use. And the second one is probably going to throw you off because it's a name and it's someone you know and that we know in real life and that listens to these podcasts and it's going to seem random. The second hint is Megan Redman. Megan Redman at my wedding? Not necessarily at your wedding. It, it is an inside joke, but I let you kind of not really. Okay, give me another hint because I have no idea. It comes from a movie and the artist who sings it is very well respected. Okay, I feel like a wedding song that's popular, that's black, black artist is At Last. No. I, the biggest clue that I gave was that this artist was very well respected. That's not the song, but it is the artist. Of course. Are you kidding me? Don't say I have been. I listened to the song today on my walk. I don't know why. I have had this song stuck in my head for the past two months. You know why? It was because of me. Because I showed you my best friend's that wedding. Movie. I had listened to that song before. Megan forced us to watch the scene where they sing this song. And I, I when I first watched it, I was like, I don't really care for this. I watched the movie in college in its entirety, like sophomore year of college, and my mind was blown away. It is it is literally one of the greatest songs ever trademarked. Like literally. It's so good. I it is your typical song that you want to use in a movie. It's so good. Dulce, introduce us to the wonderful, amazing song that we're talking about. Okay, so we talked about uh, how I wanted to be a main character while driving. If you just want to be a main character in life, listen to this song. The song is I Say a Little Prayer by Miss Aretha Franklin. Here you go. Be exposed to the wonderfulness. And see y'all next time. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and share. If you would like to send us a note, head to our Anchor website to share a voice message or DM us on Instagram at Wicked Wicked Today's episode was written by your hosts, Cecilia Maciel Martinez and Dulce Maciel, and edited by Cecilia and Mario Martinez. The theme music was written by Mario Martinez.